You know, over the years I've had my fair share of one-night stands, but there's one night that really stands out in my mind, and this song is about that. Here we go. Feet in the air and her head was pushed down She said her name was Mick That's a bit odd Yeah So I go for a feel But there's something familiar That I'm feeling She's got a lad He's got a lad This is a man Hello everyone and welcome to What's the Quack. I'm your host Ducky and I hope we're all doing well out there. I hope you all enjoyed my little uh, song at the beginning. Uh, some of you might recognise that song from uh, the movie Fight Club at the end of that there. That's the song that plays towards the, the credits. It's a song by uh, the Pixies called Where Is My Mind? Because I know that'll be like an earworm for a lot of people now. They'll be like, what was that song? What was that song? Um, but I played it so expertly that I had imagined that if you shazammed it, it had to pick it up straight away. <laughs> So just have a sip of me coffee. We're gonna we're gonna have a slightly slower podcast today because um I don't know, sometimes I feel like I rushed them. So I'm just gonna take it easy, take a sip of my coffee, my giant suit, and uh we can get into this. I said get into this like we're about to kick off a big event or something. <laughs> no, I hope we're all doing well out there anyway. I know it's been it's been a while since I've done an episode of the podcast. It's been about about five months, give or take. I don't know, it depends. I, I I don't keep up with these things. Um, but the reason I didn't do a podcast episode is because um, I wasn't arsed. <laughs> it's a long and short of it, lads. Um, yeah, just, just I just wasn't I wasn't arsed. I got bogged down with video things and it just kind of got put in the back foot. I had a very dumb realization this morning. Um, I have this mouse, it's this wireless mouse I have for my PC because you know the less wires I have around my desk, the better. But uh, I'm having an issue with my mouse that I have the the dying misfortune of apparently being the only person out of the seven and a half, eight billion people on this planet who has this issue because I can't find any solution for it. And it's basically, uh, because it's a wireless mouse, it needs to be charged. So in order to save power, it goes to sleep if it's not been touched for five minutes, you know, so that's about the, the sleep timer. But when it goes to sleep, it just wakes itself back up. Even when the computer's turned off, it just, the LEDs on it come back on. So if I don't charge it, stick it on the charging dock overnight and I come downstairs, it's it's dead. Basically, it goes dead overnight because the, the LED lights drain the battery. So I have to plug it in with a wire to charge it, What it, you know, while I'm using it or because there's this dock you can sit it on, but you can use a wire to charge it because you, you need it in use. But I basically just realized, made me realize that um, my wireless mouse the, that I bought and paid for is just a wired mouse most of the time because of this issue. And uh, I find that quite annoying, but also hilarious at the same time. Mmm. Delicious black coffee. Some people don't like black coffee, but, you know, and I didn't either. It was very bitter, but I counteracted with a lot of sugar. Do you ever get that when you're having like a cup of tea or a coffee at like a friend's house or something like that? You're almost afraid to mention how much sugar you like in it because you get that look. Like uh, when I'm having tea, it's two and a half sugars in my tea and my coffee. Depends. If it's an ordinary cup of coffee, it's three sugars. But if it's like an espresso, I'll take two. 
But people give you looks. People are very judgmental about how sweet you like your things. And you're like, I'm sorry. The taste of bitter wood is not something I find appealing. Like, I like coffee, but I only like it when it's full of sugar. Unless you go to get it in, like, Starbucks or one of those places where they give you a stick to stir it. In which case, like, you ever, like, get a cocktail at the bar? They do, like, the fancy cocktails. And it's like, there are different colours on different layers. But that's just because I haven't stirred it and it hasn't mixed. You know, they're going for the visual side of things. That's what happens when you try to stir your coffee when it's got uh, sugar in it. Well, one of those stupid sticks. Like, who came up with them sticks anyway? Like, everybody knows those sticks cannot stir the sugar off the bottom of the cup. Like, wh- how is this a solution in this world we live in? Like, how how is this solution failed so badly yet is still widely used? But anyway, let me tell you, lads. Yesterday, I had an absolute bear of a day. If a bear is a bad thing. I'm not sure if I'm using that word correctly. But I had a dreadful day yesterday. As some of you might have uh, noticed on the, on the channel that I, I published a video. It's called One Night Stained. And it lasted on the channel approximately eight hours before it was uh, demonetized and uh, age-restricted. <laughs> Which, um, I laugh now, but I certainly wasn't laughing in the moment. No, that video, I was sat on my channel for about, it was over 24 hours. You know, because when you're a YouTuber and your income depends on this stuff, and you, you've had a track record of being demonetized with videos in the past, like I have, you tend to upload a video and leave it on the channel for a bit so the robots can come in and have a look at it and go, right, that's fine. And, you know, because so often it happens when you upload a video, a few hours later it's demonetized, even though it was fine initially when you uploaded it. So it was, it was up on the channel for an hour with no problems, and then no, it was about six hours after it went live, then it got age-restricted, demonetized. They threw the feckin' book at me, lads. <laughs> but, um... I know some of you will probably tune into this podcast to find out what happened. Basically, uh, it was baffling because I get a, I get a, f- a feedback thing. So basically, yeah, I appealed it and the appeal was also rejected as well by a human. But um, I get back a little feedback thing and it'll tell me the, the guidelines I supposedly breached. I say supposedly because one of them just simply wasn't true. But um, the, the main thing anyway was censored nudity. There's a scene in it there where the, the girl Stephanie there's wearing no clothes and just like sensor bears. And that was what they had the issue with. Now, when I read the guidelines, I was kind of like, oh, there it is. Yeah, censored nudity, even if it's animated or whatever else. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that was in the guidelines. I, I still think it's absolute nonsense because um, common sense is what dictated. Like when I made that video, I was like, that everything censored common sense. It'll be fine. You know, because that's how you'd imagine it. You're like. What would give me problems here? Well, straight up nudity. Okay, let's cover that up. That was like my mental process. And I thought it'd be fine, but clearly YouTube didn't like it even when it was censored. And the the second thing they didn't like, this is the one that baffled me. They said that there was profanity used in the thumbnail or title. Now, there's a separate thing for um, sexually explicit stuff that you put in your thumbnail and title. Se- se- sexually, a sexually suggestive thumbnail or wording or whatever else like you know so that's that's nothing got to do with the actual girl being censored in the thumbnail but it was this separate thing saying that i'd used profanity in my thumbnail or title and i was like no no i didn't i didn't do that at all um but the problem with the the appeal thing on youtube is you can't you used to be able to i think they've gotten rid of it because it didn't give me an option to do it you used to be able to just write in a feedback thing it's like okay it's saying that i breached this but i don't believe i breached this because of x y and z um apparently no you can just hit appeal and um, they, and they just have a look at it and, you know, double down on whatever decision. But yeah, they said I use profanity. Now, I don't know if one night or stained is some sort of vulgar profanity where where I don't live, but it's not where I do live. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of it. Um, I was thinking it, it may be the fact that I used uh, the C word, which has given me problems in the past. They don't like that. They will 
the, they've age, age restricted me in the past for using the the c word even though like it's it's a weird it's a cultural thing because like australians and the irish and to a certain extent people from the uk as well it's it's like a part of the speech it's like a punctu- like a punctuation we just use it we mean it as in terms of endearment we mean it as an insult you know it, it's flexible you can use it at anything and and we throw it around left right and center like it's not a, a harsh word in our culture at all but because of most of um the, the youtube reviewers are uh I heard tell they're from fairly conservative countries. A lot of them are uh, employed from the Middle East. I don't know how true that is, but there's that. And obviously, uh, if they're American uh, video reviewers, they're obviously going to hear the C word a lot more harshly than like if an Irish person. That's what they should do. Get like Irish and and Australian people to become manual reviewers on YouTube. It'll be way better. They'll be like, ah, yeah, it'll be grand. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll be grand. But, um... (laughs) But yeah, so that that was a problem because I published a video and obviously... Once it's age-restricted and demonetized, YouTube stops pushing it to everyone, so the the views just fall off a cliff. And funny enough, to this day, they claim that that doesn't happen, even though everybody has access to analytics and they can see it drop immediately. So my first thing, I was just like, okay, if that's the thing you have an issue with. Huge pain in the arse, because this happened, I was like, I was sitting there, I was watching the Formula 1, I've gotten into the Formula 1, for those of you asking, I, th- I told, I mentioned this before, I haven't watched it, but I kept meaning to, I finally started um, but, don't, but don't discuss it in the comments because I've only finished the 2022 season of it now. I didn't know which season to start on, so I started from the very beginning and I started in 1901. I'm working my way up. <laughs> no, I started around, I think it was the 2018 season. I started there just so I had a bit of a, a bit more knowledge going into it. But anyway, that's beside the point. I was sitting there. I was I was watching the Formula One. I was enjoying a nice singular can of cider, um, you know, for a treat myself for finally getting a video done and published and all that. And then I had to head to bed. Early, early for me anyway. I had to head to bed early because um, the old electricity board here in Ireland are fitting these uh, new boxes to everyone's houses and all that. And I got, I got contacted by them and basically said, "Look, we're going to be around your area in the morning between eight o'clock and twelve o'clock." I'm like, "What are you doing, calling at that hour in the morning? What insane person is going to be awake at eight o'clock in the morning?" And then I remembered that my job is not like everyone else's, so I had to like reluctantly agree to be at home. Well, in my case, it's just reluctantly agreed to get up out of the bed. Um, so I had to be up early. Um, so I couldn't stay up to my usual three or four in the morning. So I was like, great, grand. So I was watching that. Next thing, I got a ping on my phone anyway. And yeah, sure enough, email from YouTube. Your video was worse than Satan himself. And I was like, oh no, not this shit again. So yeah, that, that drove me insane. So I spent, obviously went on a bit of a tirade there on Instagram and YouTube and everything. And, uh, yeah, I, had to, I privated the video because I was like, look, it's on about half the views I'm expecting to get out of it within the first week. So um, if I just private it now and fix it, remove the thing that YouTube doesn't like and upload it, it might still get some views. Like the video is already fucking dead because of this, because 32,000 people have already seen it. And these are 32,000 of the people who are like, you know, the diehard fans that are waiting on the upload and have the notification bar turned on and all that. So the 32, I've lost 32,000 of my best viewers off the bat just because of that problem. So when I re-upload this video, uh, I have it ready to go. I, I'll talk more about that in a sec. But when I re-upload this video, the people who have already seen it, most of them are not going to watch it again. I will have a few people that will, you know, feel bad for the plight and they will watch it to try get the numbers up, you know, to, to back to where it was to kind of like help me make up ground, which I do appreciate that that will help, you know, boost it a little bit. But what will also happen at the same time is you'll have people going, oh, Ducky uploaded another video this week and they click in and they go, oh, wait, no, I've already seen this. And then they click off it. 
which tells YouTube algorithm, hey, people are clicking into this video and immediately clicking off. Therefore, it must be terrible. Let's not share this as hard as we normally do. So yeah, all this kind of stuff is just working away in the background. And um, obviously you just have people won't, who won't tune in full stop because they've already seen it. Um, but I have altered the I have altered the video and I've added another minute onto it. And that minute is just, about, you know, an old uh, tongue-in-cheek skit on how ridiculous uh, the, the fact that the video was age-rated or got age-restricted was. So, you know, if you do tune back into it, um, this well, this podcast is going to come out after the fact. So if you didn't tune back into it, you know, there is a little bit of extra content. There is an extra laugh in there for you. So anyway, after my tirade and all that at like one, two o'clock in the morning, just kept me up a lot longer than I should have. Uh, I went to bed and uh, Connie woke up when I got into bed and I was just being quiet because I was fuming. And uh, she's like, is everything all right? And I explained, yeah, the video is demonetized. So I'm fuming <laughs> and I have to be up early. Not not a not a good night. So I was chatting with her and I was going like around. Just to tell you how angry I was in the moment. I wanted to, like, my plan was, I was so angry in the moment, my plan was was to cut out the, like, censored nude scene from the video and replace it with a few minutes of me talking about how great breastfeeding was. Just because if you do an educational video around breastfeeding, you can actually show women with their tits out, provided there's also a child in the same scene. <laughs> so it was going to be my big middle finger. So it's like, oh, so, uh... I can't have censored nudity. Okay, let's play by your rules. So let's have full frontal female nudity uh, using your little guidelines there. So that was my original plan. I, I thought better against it because I just know there's people on the back end of YouTube now that will just go, oh, he wants to be like that. Let's just uh, put a little black flag in his channel there so he never gets views again. <laughs> you know, so I, I just thought better of it. I just did an old tongue in cheek reference. But I got up anyway at eight o'clock in the morning and eyeballs falling out of my head because I couldn't sleep for about an hour when I got into the bed because I was just raging. <laughs> sitting here just like Joe Pesci from Home Alone you know just wrestling 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 just to myself but um, yeah so I got practically no sleep got up at 8 o'clock and um, a day that went from you know kind of like for a, a couple of days after I published a video I just take it easy do nothing you know do all the stuff I should be doing jobs around the house washing clothes all that kind of stuff that I put in the back burner while I was making the video just in my final push I had planned to do that but now I had to basically essentially make a a mini video because I had to Right, I had to draw, I had to edit, and I had to put all that together into the video to patch it all up and make it seamless. And I don't know if for any of you guys who work with audio, it's very difficult to record something and make it sound like something you've previously recorded because you'd often tinker with different effects and all that, so it's hard to make it seamless. You know, normally, it's like when, if you're ever watching a YouTube video and somebody does like a, a sponsorship segment and then the, the audio for the sponsorship segment sounds like completely different to the audio from the rest of their video. Like it's hard, to, it's actually genuinely hard to get that to match up. So I had, you know, and I wanted it to be seamless because again, people are going to be watching these videos uh, for ages. So I wanted it to, to be nice enough. So yeah, I spent a whole day patching that video. I think it was like about seven in the evening. I think it was by the time I finished patching it and uploaded and all that. And that was from eight o'clock in the morning. So the nearest bank's no difference, 12 hours working on the fucking thing. But that wasn't the only thing, bad thing that happened because um, me man that was supposed to fit the electricity box didn't turn up. I contacted him. It turned out he thought I was living at my old address and not my new address, despite the fact that it should have flagged on their systems that there's now somebody else living in that address. Why, are, you know, do they not have something in their software that can show a conflict and address here? But uh, no, apparently he, w he was talking about a completely different area at all. And I got up at eight o'clock in the morning for no good reason. So that, that was my day yesterday. <laughs> and I, a disaster of a day, an infuriating day, but it wasn't so bad. Like, it didn't end so bad. I got, um, I jumped onto myself and, uh, myself and PG are playing through Resident Evil 6, um, in co-op there, uh, of an evening. So we jumped onto that there last night. And I, you know, book ended the day in a nice note because, you know, I love, I love hanging out with, uh, PJ playing video games. 
I know people say you should stream them more, but it's just weird. When you're streaming, you get into a different mentality. You're not fully relaxed and stuff like that. But when you're actually just hanging out with your mates, uh, playing a video game, like that's that's still more fun than doing streams or that. But anyway, yeah, so that's that's the that's the epic of the, the One Night Stand video. So right now, I have the, the, the fixed version of it. I uploaded it. The YouTube bots didn't flag it has any problems with it. You know, I got rid of the, the completely nude scene entirely and worked my way around it. And... um the C word I talked about, I, I I made the sensor part of that bigger, so now it's actually indistinguishable to what word that could be said. Like you have a fair idea of the word that's been said under there, but you can't you can't prove it because the sensor com- covers up even the first uh, letters sound, you know. So it's just a bleep. So if if you if YouTube gives me a go over that, I can just say I said the word cow, and I censored that because some people find being called a cow hurtful. <laughs> so that's uh you know I'm, I'm taking the legal road and this is like you know unless innocent until proven guilty you know some people were like um getting onto me on twitter and stuff like that and they were saying about uh the how i should use like odyssey and rumble who, who are these like video other video platforms um you know who, who don't have a, a, a strict censorship like youtube does and um but see, the problem with that is firstly um, these both of these platforms are tiny in comparison to YouTube, so the the money isn't there. Like you know, you couldn't live off the money you'd make on them. Um, Odyssey, especially, they use a weird kind of crypto thing. Like uh, I I upload, I've like uh, an Odyssey account, and I've all my videos set to upload there as well as YouTube. Like so, it's all automated. I don't have to do a thing, and I've not made a, a red cent from it. Like, you know, you you don't really get many views and then they pay you in some weird cryptocurrency and it's all this, like, blockchain stuff that I do not understand. Um, they've just made a very simple process overly complicated and it's really annoying, so I, I just simply don't use the platform. Um, I have my videos uploading there because I want to support um, alternative video platforms to YouTube. I, I may not like them, but I, I want there to be competition. And then, and the other one is Rumble. I haven't, I think it's kind of a, it's, it's only gone public, like, recently. I haven't really looked into it too much. But there's some weird thing with the licensing when you're signing up on it. It's, I don't know, I don't know what way that works in a legal sense. And I'm afraid that I might accidentally sign over all my content to this website and be in legal trouble. So <laughs> I don't want to do either of those things. Um, there's that. And obviously the viewers are not as good. But see, the problem with these alternative, um, video platforms is how they tear, or how they advertise them. Because they all do the same thing, and it's the worst thing they could possibly do. They, they advertise it in a way. It's like, are you tired of YouTube, um, you know, being overly sensitive and giving you guff and ma- making life miserable? And everybody on the platform's like, yeah. And then they're like, well, come over here. We have, like, way little censorship, and you can talk about whatever you want. In an ideal world, everyone would be like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, freedom of speech and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, what happens is you get a load of these people with extreme views, loads of them with extreme views, and they flock there. People on the on the very far right and everything in particular, you get these extremely political people and they just flood the website because they're like, oh yeah, you can say whatever we want. We can push any agenda we want. And you get a combination of nutcases and extremists and everyone else and the platform just becomes poisoned in. Uh, and, and just like a horrible place to spend time in. Like, I don't know if you've ever thrown a house party. And one of your friends invites his friend that nobody likes. It's kind of like that. And it's just like, no, listen, I just wanted a grand house party. And now you're after inviting the one person we all don't like. And it's just, you know, it's affected the mood of the whole party. That's what it's like. Because, like, my account on Odyssey, like, the, the comments I get on videos on Odyssey are vastly different to the ones I get on YouTube. The ones on Odyssey are, there's there's a level of venom under almost every comment somewhere. Like, so everybody's just got this 
like 14 year old angry 14 year old mentality it seems like granted there's a few there's there's plenty of comments that are nice enough as well but there's a there's a huge increase of these just you know know these people who spend all day stewing in like a political mindset non-stop it's like like these people don't exist outside of uh, political thought like they can't just function in day to day everything has to be political they just can't have a conversation about petting puppies without somehow making it political in one way or another it feels like just just a lot more of them on that platform on those platforms and they just become a very uncomfortable space and it's primarily because these websites just keep advertising them that way it's just like you can say whatever you want come over here and then you have people who uh, are constantly getting banned on websites for having ridiculous opinions and uh inciting hate and violence and they're like oh i can say whatever i want i'm going there and then you just got this huge group of people that have would otherwise be kicked out of every other room you know so, so they're kind of inviting that. What did, see, the thing is, like, I hate YouTube's guidelines because they tie so many hands behind my back, for one. I don't know how, like, like I said with the, the one I say in video, I was using common sense. Nudity, no, no, so let's censor that. That sounds like a black and white problem solved right there to most people with common sense. But then YouTube was like, no, even censored nudity. And you're like, what's the point in this? What's the point in censoring nudity if you're just going to treat it as nudity? But we can't just sit there and pretend like they're the exact same thing. They're absolutely not the same thing. But then, sorry, I'm, I'm getting, it's, when I think about it now, it just drives me insane. Especially when you're on YouTube and you see these thumbnails of like, women with every body part you could imagine. There's ones where like they have their underwear like wet and pulled tightly around the crotch. There's literally nothing left to the imagination. You could you could accurately paint their skin complexion. It's showing that much through their underwear. But in YouTube's eyes it's just like, well, they're wearing clothes. And you're like, oh come on now. It's like that my sensor bar covered covered up more of the character than the actual clothes did. And they're like, yep, don't care. But anyway, what was I saying? Um, the guidelines, yeah. So, like, YouTube has too many guidelines, but the problem is these other platforms have too few. And I think there, there is a, a middle ground. You need to be able to stop these extreme fecking people running wild all over your website and just making it a very uncomfortable and... Not even uncomfortable, because I don't like that idea of uncomfortable, because I'm not chasing a safe space. I am just want to go on a website where I'm not going to be inundated with anti-vaxxers and racists and bigots just because I uh, I made a tongue-in-cheek joke that they all took far too serious or something, you know, because they don't have a great sense of humour, people that are on that, that extreme side of things, you know. Um, they're, they're not great for that whole sense of humour thing. Like, stuff goes over their head and then everything you say then becomes fact uh, rather than a, a joke or have any nuance. So, that's why I think there, there needs to be a, a bit a bit more policing, like, you know, but it, it needs to be about when was a good year for YouTube? When did I start? It was 2016 I started. That was the beginning of the adpocalypse. About 2014 was probably the sweet spot for YouTube. Back before they were like um, doing everything under the, the guise of being ad friendly and all that. That would be that that whatever guidelines they had in place around then. That's what other websites need to adopt and just keep the extreme end of the the, the scales away and you know stop advertising like um, you you can have any fucked up opinion you want. Come over here, kind of way and you know advertise towards ordinary people that just want to tell their stories or uh, do what they want to do without YouTube standing there going to go, hold on now, what if a child sees this? And I was just like, well, listen, you have the YouTube Kids app. What, what is the purpose of that app if you're going to tell the creators to live within the borders of the main app where they have to placate the children as well? What if a child sees that? Well, a child shouldn't be seeing this, that because that's not my target audience. And so, oh, you're making adult content. And like, no, I'm not making feckin' adult content. PG-13 is about kind of where I'm aiming. If YouTube just introduced more relaxed guidelines and instead of having the age 
you know, the age restriction on a video where you must be over 18. To bring in something there is, you must be over 12. You must be over 12 to watch this. That would perfect. Sign me right up. Yeah, I don't care. Because it's either like, you either make Teletubbies or you don't get paid. And I'm sure the, I'm sure the audience doesn't like it as well. I don't like it as well when I'm watching YouTube videos and I see people like, um, censoring swear words and all that. Or the, the one I like the least is when they say a word that's not the original word they wanted to say, but they know that the YouTube bot will hear them say the word, be it like if it's a, some sort of like trending topic or controversial issue that's going on the, at any given week. They'd, you know, people are making videos don't want to say that. Like you see like news reporters, news channels, they're always getting demonetized and stuff like that because they had the gall to report on the news. Um, because it contained a word that is, yeah, at the time, um, controversial, you know. But uh, yeah, I think I've I've gotten some mileage out of that little rant anyway. But uh, I just wanted to kind of get that up front anyway, because I know people would be tuned into this podcast wanting to know why that video um, was taken down and put back up. So right right now, where I'm sitting right now, the video hasn't gone back up. I'm putting it back up tonight. Um, so far, still monetized. The 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 algorithm hasn't found any issue with it yet. But uh, that was also the case the first time I put it up. So, uh, And what I'm actually worried about now is, because I got onto YouTube on Twitter and I was like, hey, um, this video had an issue, got age restricted. I've I've, uh, I've fixed it. I've uploaded a new version of it. Uh, the, the bots haven't flagged it. But can I request that you preemptively have a look at this video uh, before I bring put it live? Because one, obviously, I don't want it to get age restricted and all that again and then me lose out in the views and all that kind of stuff but two I don't want it to look like I got age restricted they left me off with a warning and then I did the exact same thing two days later like because they'll give my channel a strike then because of that even though I'm I'm trying to play a ball YouTube I'm trying to play a ball but like yeah I got onto them and basically they told me there's no way YouTube on Twitter told me that there's no way YouTube can get somebody to put eyes on the video before it goes live because that has to that has to trigger the automated system first um, which is nonsense. It's just like, can you not just, you know, send your review team this link and just say, add that to your list of thousands, you know, and try get that done soon. They definitely can, but I don't feel like YouTube on Twitter just keeps trying to flog you off. You know, the, the goal is to end cases quickly, not actually solve problems. So they'll just keep regurgitating the same nonsense at you, even if it's not true. But that's where I'm sitting right now. I'm going to upload the video tonight. Hopefully, the, like, the, the nudity bit's gone out of it, but I obviously do have a lot of uh, tongue-in-cheek references to uh, the hop in there. You know, there used to be overt mentions of just black and white. This is what happened, but because of the guidelines and all that, I have to be a bit more clever with my wording and just lightly imply what's happening rather than blatantly say what is happening. So um, there's, there's that's still present, but I don't know. We'll see. Do I know something that's funny, though? I'll, I'll stop talking about this now because I've kind of said it all. I've had to say really on that. and uh, I'm going to transition into some, you know, tidbits and behind the scenes of that video there and uh, talk more about that. But um, the, the funny thing about that is, do you know what's under those sensor bars in my videos of like when whenever there happened to be an naked character on the screen? Uh, nothing. They're, they're like Barbie dolls underneath. There's like no nipples. No genitals. It's <laughs> it's it's not drawn because it's not needed. Because like, I know it's going to be covered up. I just got into like Rokata like the first time I was doing it. I was just like, yeah, it's going to be a topless scene. It's going to be censored. Then he sent me back that, and I was like, yeah, that's perfect. I don't need nipples on the characters. I don't need actual anything drawn in. I don't need genitals on them. I just need to imply. So, so that's the. If I was to take off the censor bars, you know, there's nothing there. A couple of mounds in the absence of a, a crack. Yeah. Well, what, what are some? Uh, things because the pe- people often ask me about these kind of videos after the fact and and that but um yeah the one night stay in video 
people often ask me about when I do videos mention about uh, women I've dated or I've gotten off with in the past. They often ask me what happened next. And just me and Stephanie, we texted for a bit, but not never came out of it anyway. Like, ultimately, we didn't really get on sober. You know, that was fairly clear. Uh, we just had a real conflict of uh, personalities. She, like, she was very, um, from memory, very ditzy and very quiet and gave me very short sentences. Like, you know, it's kind of one of these, like, I don't, like, she wasn't a, a, a bad person or, she, she, you know, I, di- I didn't take a disliking to her. She, I just found her really difficult to speak to. The conversation just wasn't natural. But yeah, I didn't, we, I, neither one of us wanted to chase that up once we uh, kind of sobered up, really. <laughs> but it was a great night. Because people have said in the comments of that, you know, when it was up for six hours, um, oh, I wouldn't have done that. You would have destroyed my bed. I wouldn't have done that. Lads, I would have, I would have done it again in a heartbeat. I would have destroyed every bed in the house because that was a good night. Little Ducky had a good night. We'll just say that much. Because that wasn't, uh, the, when I said that line about the, the biting force of a pit bull, that wasn't a throwaway line. That that was fact. I, I thought I was, I thought it was going to be bruised after it. Like, you know, it was one of those. Like I was, like I was going to have to call somebody because I've been, I've been locked in. <laughs> So, uh, I've, despite my, uh, my Egyptian cotton sheets been ruined, I have very fond memories of that. Also, I do take some small creative liberties when I'm making videos about how things play out, just for sake of getting as much story into a small uh, amount of time as possible, you know, kind of condensing it all down to its purest form. So occasionally I have to take actual liberties. Like, like so in reality, the boys didn't tell me about the, the fake tan not washing out the sheets. I, in reality, I found that out firsthand. It was actually after I dropped Stephanie home that morning. And I was on my way back. I actually noticed the the brown patch down my arm. I was like, what the actual? And I uh, started like rubbing it. And I was like barely coming off. So I like licked my thumb, rubbed it. And then it came off. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I went back to my room. I took off my top. Looked at myself in the mirror. It was all over my chest, my arms, everything. It was destroyed. And I was like, did I fall into a muddy puddle last night? What's after happening? Like, And that's when I spotted my bed. And my bed was absolutely destroyed. And then the realization hit me. I was like, oh my God, it's everywhere. It's actually everywhere. And the worst thing, it was on, <laughs> it was on like half my face. Cause obviously, like when we were finished with the old huckle book, you, you go for the old, uh, uh, cuddle or whatever afterwards, like, you know, to say, listen, I don't want you to feel like I used you. So here, have an old cuddle there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid that I'm not going to roll over and run away, you know, just spend the night and, and then go home immediately. <laughs> but, uh, it was all over my face and my neck and everything. I was like, she didn't even mention this. She must have known. Like, you know, she must have seen it all over me and just said, I'll stay quiet. <laughs> Just, just so I can get out of here without embarrassing myself. But, um, yeah, no, I washed the sheets. I threw them into the washing machine and the stains didn't come out. And, uh, then I washed them again. Stains still didn't come out. And then a third time. And, uh, the, like it was, it faded slightly, but there was still a very distinct brown patch, patches left, right and center all over the sheets. So I was just like, these are going to have to go in the bin because like you don't want to have a brown patches all over your bed and then go out of a night and take another woman home some night and then you're just like hey this is my bed these are my Egyptian cotton sheets and she's looking at and going that you've clearly shite it all over at some stage <laughs> like, you know you don't want to come on into my disgusting poopy bed <laughs> so I had to throw them out but yeah they're, they're literally that one night the worst thing about that night is I only got to sleep in them that night but I couldn't tell if they were actually comfortable like to this day I don't know if they're worth it because I couldn't tell if they were comfortable because I was filled to the gills and had um I had my hands full, you know, other things on my mind at the time. So I never really actively thought, I wonder if these are comfortable. You know, when you get a fresh pair of socks and you put on a fresh pair of socks and you're like, oh, fresh pair of socks, socks feel lovely. But within like 20 minutes, you've stopped thinking about it. They're still, they're still comfy, but because you're not actually actively thinking about it, you don't realize it. But uh, yeah, something like that. So I never really, to this day, I don't know if Egyptian cotton sheets are truly worth it. I know, I know really fluffy 
bed clothes are not worth it because we're coming into the winter now you know things are cooling down things are getting cold and herself has this this duvet set Connie has this duvet set covers they're really fluffy they add about two inches of nothing but fluff already on top of a duvet the, the bed gets so hot that like you know when you like throw your leg out of a bed to cool down you know to let some air at the testes um, at night I'm only sleeping with I have just a single finger that's under the covers the rest of me is like out of the bed to cool <laughs> that's that's kind of how I have to do it it's ridiculous you just wake up out of the bed in the morning and you just smell like you've just gotten home from the gym you're like I'm actively losing water weight in the bed with the heat and then she'd have the gall to lie there in the bed next to you going I'm freezing and she's like there's something wrong with you love you're like a lizard what's going on like she uh, she freaked me out the other morning I was I was dozing. It was about six, seven o'clock in the morning. I was like dozing. You know, when you're kind of in and out of sleep, that like if nobody kind of interacts with you, you'll go back to sleep and you'll never remember that you're awake to begin with. You know that kind of like I I was ninety percent asleep and ten percent awake, and then out of nowhere she just went boom, shot up in the bed, phone in the hand, and she's like, "Oh no!" And I was like, "Oh God, what's after happening?" Like this this happens so often with Connie. But I was like, "Oh my God, what?" What's after happening? Somebody's after dying. Oh, no, a family member, a grandparent. Some, someone's after dropping dead now. Uh, because there's no reason why your partner should sit up in the bed and exclaim out loud, oh, no, while looking at the screen or the phone, unless something terrible had happened. And in her world, something terrible had happened. But it wasn't something terrible in my world. Because I rolled over. I was like, what's wrong? You all right? She goes, Matthew Perry died. And I was like, oh, my God almighty. A celebrity died, and it was enough for her to feckin' undertaker sit up out of the bed and exclaim, oh no. Now, the thing is, she's a big fan of Friends. Like, she watches, it's her, it's her comfort show. She watches this nonstop. If it was anything to happen to the Friends, did all the Friends copies in the world, you know, if they're all erased somehow, some sort of EMP that went off that only targeted the Friends TV series and it wiped it all out, Connie could sit down and rewrite the entire script for the show, word for word. And she wouldn't get it wrong. Like, she she loves it. So, like, this is tragic to her. But I'm just like... She, she didn't really get too much sympathy off me, if I'm honest. Because I'm like... He wasn't your friend, though. Like, he was... He was a celebrity that was in a show you. Like, like I, I can get it where it's just like... Ah, yeah, it's not ideal. Ex-actor died or whatever. Ex-celebrity died. I was like, that's a shame. It's not like sit up in my bed at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. Tragedy. Like, you know? <laughs> like, the closest celebrity that... um That was there's a celebrity that upset me the most that died... Um in the last uh, 10, 20 years, probably Leslie Nielsen. That was the closest thing to upset me because I loved like the Naked Gun films and uh, virtually everything he's in. His delivery for, for comedy is just, chef's kiss, beautiful. So funny. Plays it so so deadpan. And he, the problem with comedies nowadays, you ever see comedies, it's kind of like they're overacted and over the top. The best thing about Leslie Nielsen in the movies is uh, he plays it as if he's actually unaware that he's been funny. The character he plays, like uh, Lieutenant Frank Drebin from um, Police Squad or Naked Gun, plays it so straight that it's just hilarious. It's just, you see scary movies nowadays, like like the scary movie series, uh, which does have have its good movies and its bad movies, but like it's a, all the characters are over the top, but Leslie Nielsen's so understated and so, just so deadpan, it just makes the jokes 20 times funnier because it's like, like he doesn't see the jokes in the comedy at all, like, you know? But um, yeah, that, that, that upset me to a degree, but I wasn't like, Connie was only short of walking around the house wearing nothing but black and singing to herself, trying to self-soothe. She was really upset by it. And uh, this created a bit of tension because I was just so dismissive of it and she was actually upset about it. And I, was, I was like, no, I'm not going to console you because a celebrity died. I'm not going to endorse this behavior. If you want to call on my emotional, uh, my, my, my limited emotional range, 
I'm going to save that for family members and friends. You you can't ask me to be upset about your favourite celebrity dying. That's that's outside my emotional range. I can step up and put in the effort when you actually need it, but not for that kind of nonsense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she actually got a little bit annoyed about how uh, annoyed I was at her for being upset by it. But, uh, yeah, um, so, so that's, that's the epic of how Connie, yet again, just injects drama into her reaction to things that are just completely disproportional to the problem that has actually happened. Like it did in the Living With A Woman's video about um, her with the face creams. It actually happened, working away there, and she's like, oh no! And again, me just like, nobody exclaims with that passion at all, no, unless something dreadful has happened, and then something dreadful didn't happen. She just used the wrong feckin' face cream. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot. Of, that's like four times in this relationship that she's done that, where I've like, instinct has said, you know, oh no, something's wrong. And it just turned out to be pure nothing. She was talking in her sleep too last night, um, which was uh, exceptionally bizarre because um, she just turned to me and said, Ducky. And I was like, what? And she said, it's time for Quack Me Up Corner. Quack, 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 quack me up. Quack, 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 quack me up. Get your ducks in order. It's time for Quack Me Up Corner. So I've come across a a website recently that I forgot existed that I used to love when I was uh, in my late teens and early 20s. It's a website called Sycopedia, and it's just really good jokes and people vote on the joke of the day and stuff like that. So, uh... Uh, I've stumbled across that recently um, because it was a, for a while I stopped using it because it like shut down or was having issues or something like that and then I just kind of forgot it existed and moved on with my life but I'm after stumbling across it again so uh, for, for quapping me up corner today and in honour of a website that gave me so many uh, laughs over the years I'm going to tell a few jokes from Sycopedia if, if you're ever looking for a good joke of the day they're typically fairly raunchy ones as well like it, they're not your typical uh, dad jokes and all that they tend to be you know there's a lot of the jokes on there where you're just like oh, oh, oh I'm going to hell for laughing at that oh boy <laughs> so a lot a lot of them are like that and you vote are typical ones as well so I'm going to read out the the hottest stuff today and they, they, they vote on the you know the, the best joke of any given day so I'm going to read a couple out here and they're, they're posted by people on this website so I'll, I'll, I'll probably give their names a shout out well, I'm certainly not giving that one a shout out because it's already a slur. But, um, so we got one here from a, a user called Vapes Manawanka, which is either four words smashed together to make one username or it's an indigenous African name. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll let you, you can make up your own mind on that. And, uh, this joke is my missus just told me to pack my bags and leave. As I walked out the door, she screamed, and I hope you spend the rest of your life in misery, boredom, and pain. And I said, make your mind up. One minute you want me to go, next minute you're telling me to stay. <laughs> I often have a, an outrunning gag with Connie. I love the, you know, the old style of um, uh, humour where it's just fellas are always giving out about their wives and their missuses and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know, I'd have been happy only for I met you. You know, that kind of, um, I don't even know if it was comedy. It was probably genuine hatred, but uh, I like playing off that. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I'd be CEO of Apple there now if I wasn't with you. Yeah, you held me back. <laughs> I was driving a mad with stuff like that. So one here from Stallion says, I don't know why I bought these chicken drumsticks today. I bet they can't even play the drums. That's a good dad joke. I like that. I very much enjoy that. Good old terrible joke. And we'll do one more. And this one from you is called Mr. Gibberish. You realise when you started serving your life sentence of a marriage, when you discover that there's a wrong place to return the remotes back to on the coffee table. 
not necessarily a joke, but quite, you know, it's a humorous statement, so I'll let it slide. But uh, that is very true. Connie does this. She she has places for things. And um, we got into it there a few months back over this. So I have these little plastic lids that go on like dog food cans, to, you know, to kind of keep keep them somewhat fresh because I only use half a can at a time with Max. So it gets a handful of nuts and a handful of wet, you know, a bit of, a bit of wet food. So I only use like half a can at any given time. I put these little plastic lids on it and leave the can in the fridge. Um, just so the air can't get at it or anything like that and start smelling the place out of her, keep it somewhat fresh for him. And basically, I have the dog foods out in the utility and I keep these little plastic lids on the windowsill in the kitchen because obviously the cans go into the fridge. Now, she then moved the lids from the windowsill in the kitchen into the utility with the dog food. And, and then we got into it over this because she was just like, but it's with the dog food. That's the place it needs to go. I was like, no, no, I need it next to the fridge because the can goes in the fridge and that's when I cover it up. And we're over and back about it. Women love to do it. They micromanage where things go even if it doesn't make any sense at all. And the only way you can put a stop to it is you have to dig your heels in, lads. You have to dig, dig the, the heels of your feet in and just fight them. Fight them. Throw stuff at them. Chairs, desks, whatever you need to do, lads. Fight them. <laughs> Get the gloves out. <laughs> That's the key to a successful relationship that a lot of people don't realise is um, fight. So many people I come across, and men, you know, especially men, they just had the, the heart and soul emotionally kicked out of them to the point where they, they don't argue with their missus. And that's kind of when you have like very one-sided relationship where um, it's just miserable fella does the thing that the woman says all the time and nobody's happy because she's not having weird behaviors corrected. And, um, you know, he's just, he thinks he's, he thinks he's having a better life because he's just going along with everything she says. Um, but, but what I found is, um, if you just make it, if you established that it's going to be a pain in the arse to, um, fight John things, then you're on level pegging because women will always argue anyway. They love a good argument. It's built into the fabric of the being sometimes. They love, you know, it's when they're at work when there's loads of women working together. It's all drama, gossip and all that. They love, they love conflict where a lot of fellas may be guilty of, oh, I just, I just want a bit of peace and quiet. Like, but I find, oh, I've just found it's just like, no, if you want to inconvenience me, I'm going to make you fight for it. So that's just my stance. That's the way it's always been. So uh, occasionally, myself and Connie, we'll just get in big bickerments over nonsense <laughs> because both of us are just dug our heels in. But uh, what what have I gotten up to in these five months? Hold on, I fix me mic. I'm kind of like, it's it, it's like I'm the white girl at a black orgy here now. Um, yeah, there we go. It was just a bit low. It was looking looking at me directly into the gob. I think in the last podcast episode, if memory serves, I don't know. At my advanced age, you know, it's not what it used to be. Um, but I I, I vaguely recall talking about going to uh, PJ's gaff party because he he was moving out of his uh. He's gaffed that he's been in the last 10 years. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, because I know a lot of um, uh, people are listening are American. Funny enough, a lot more people from the UK actually watch my videos on YouTube than Irish people. There's a bigger percentage of people from the UK. But uh, for those of you Americans who don't know what a gaff is, it's just a slang term for a house. You've probably heard me using videos before and what have you. So PJ was moving out of the gaff that had been in for 10 years and he was having a kind of a, a one last huzzah in the gaff. So we went down and had a gaff party which uh, we had a great night doing. You know, loads of drinks. One of the girls there, lovely Sarah, she made us up a load of uh, nachos and chili and it was unreal, you know. Had a great old spread, like, you know. A real middle-aged house party, if I could say that. Because if it was it was a house party that was taking place in our early 20s, nobody would have made any chili or thought about food or anything like that at all. We'd all be ossified in half a bottle of vodka because uh, none of us decided to line the stomach, you know. Or we didn't have the cash for a full night's of drink, so we said, you know what, I'll counter this. If I drink on an empty stomach, I, I only need to drink half as much, so I could save a few pounds. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, no, I had a good night. I was chatting to one of the lads down there, old John. Um, I think he he may have appeared in an, a PJ podcast before. I'm not entirely sure, but he he voices some of the characters on uh, PJ's animations. But um, I was chatting away to him, and it turned out he had an old sim rig. You know, he's an old the steering wheel and all that for like uh, uh, sim racing games. So uh, we went upstairs and into his room there, and we're playing away on that, and we're, we're bonding over because I do like a bit of sim racing. I play a game called uh, Assetto Corsa. That's I uh, does drifting in it. Um, I have the, you know, the steering wheel. I have the VR headset, so you can actually do the VR in the game with the steering wheel. And uh, Connie got me an old uh, USB handbrake as well for Christmas gone there, so I can actually rip the stick, pull out the old hydraulic handbrake, the whole lot. I have a great laugh in that. I have a uh, Gran Turismo and uh, the old PS5 there. Play, uh, plays a bit of that. So, uh, you know, I've always liked uh, sim games. GT4, that was the big one that kind of got me into kind of sim racing. Still the greatest Gran Turismo that there has been. I know people will say a three, but no, four has all the best qualities of Gran Turismo um, with the best middle-of-the-roads graphics. You know, if you go back any further than that, you're kind of suffering graphics-wise. But yeah, we're abandoned over this. And he made mention that um, himself and a gang of lads often do go go-karting in Watergrass Hill. It's a place in Ireland called, I think it's Adventure Park. This this happened months ago, you see, so the old memory's already fading, but I'm trying to catch you up on what I got up to. In five months, I've only one, inter- in, one interesting thing to talk about. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was saying him and his friends go to Adventure Park to do a bit of go-kart racing um, that I should come along and I was like oh yeah absolutely go-kart that sounds like a laugh I hadn't done that since I was like really young there was a place here in um, Tipperary it's called Rose Green they used to have like go-kart and track out there and all that I've, I've think they've since gotten rid of it um, because some neighbours complained about noise or something like that but um, I went there when I was younger and I was like that's it's a great laugh love go-kart and I hadn't been since I was about 14 so I was like absolutely that sounds like an absolute laugh like so sign me up so he invited me to the old group chat anyway, and um, most of these lads I knew, like, that was going to it, I knew there was old John, um, there was Ben, actually speaking of which, PJ published a podcast there the other day, yeah, a friend a friend of, of his called Ben was in it, but uh, I know Ben from the gaff party as well, so we, we got acquainted there, uh, but Ben was at it, we had John and Ben were about the only two, PJ uh, didn't go to it, I think he was working or whatever else, but then there was like 14 other lads that I didn't know that were there. But I, I didn't care because like, you know, the thing when you're doing like go-karting, you're not talking to people in the helmet. Like, you know, you're just trying to get your fast laptop in. So you, you, whether you know the people or not, doesn't matter. But uh, I was chatting in the group chat with all them anyway. And um, what I decided to do, seeing as it's been so long since I had been go-karting. And it was like, all these boys have been go-karting the whole time, no doubt. So uh, they're, they're a lot more experienced than actual go-karting than me. So uh, I'm starting on the back foot here. And my pride wouldn't let me. It's like, I've, I've, I love racing games. I understand the concept of going fast and hitting apexes and everything else. Like, you know, so I'm like, so the pride was kind of involved. It was just like, I can't come, I can't come last anyway. That's the main thing. I'm going to have to do well. And how am I going to do well? Well, I can download the track on a set of Corsa and then I can download a mod. For for those of you who don't know, a set of Corsa is a super moddable game and it's got really good driving physics. But um, I downloaded the track. Somebody had built the actual water grass hill, the adventure park track. Um, in a set of course. I've done a great job of it as well. It's actually unreal. And then I got a, a go-kart mod and got what I assumed was the closest go-kart to the ones they had down below. And I strapped on the VR headset and you know, I went, start putting in lap times and all that, you know, to get familiar with the track and kind of, you know, it, it couldn't hurt me. That's all I was thinking. It couldn't hurt and I wanted to be somewhat competitive, you know, with, with the rest of them. I, just, I didn't want to be that slow lad at the back. So I did that for a bit. I even posted an old video into the old chat there and I was like, ah, this is the best laptop I, I, I can uh, knock out. So I, I did that and we uh, arrived on. I went, I brought along one of the boys with me, Adrian. Some of you might know him from the, the videos. I used to work with him back in Extravision way back. But I brought him along with me there anyway because uh, I said it to him, I was like, do you want to go go-karting? He was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just need to make the right suggestion to a, to a man. It just needs to actually be good. 
not, not not like suggestions that women make like you know I'll, I don't know go into the park and eat a yogurt or whatever the Becky women think are is, gr- is a great laugh no you just need to say something that's actually good and men will go along with it so I went down with him anyway chit chatting with the boys before we uh, got onto the track and all that and they're like oh this this the professional this is this is the fellow in the sim rig now eh? we're expecting big things from you they didn't realise that I just hadn't really go-karted before and I was just using the sim rig to kind of try to get up to speed with them they seen it as a I was a die-hard, like, you know, I will not come last. I've been training for eight hours a day, every day for the last six months. Kind of. <laughs> like, this was a movie and this was my moment. <laughs> so that's the way they seen it. And I was like, no, uh, no, 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 no. I, I Listen, my ego's not that big. I'm just trying to catch up. I'm not trying to, fake, I'm probably not going to beat you. But in my head, I was like, I'm going to be top five. I know I'm going to be top five now because I've, I've trained. You know, I was saying this to myself. I didn't want them to know that. I was like, I'm going to be top five. Watch it. Now I'm going to absolutely smash this. So familiar with the track from the same. I know how to, to approach this track. I'm going to do well. So we got onto the carrots anyway. Hit the track. And um, I was amazed how much carried over from just the, the old sim rig driving and all that into the actual carton. Because again, I haven't actually like raced in real life outside of a bypass in my car in my early 20s um, but I haven't raced on the track since I, was, I did go-karted when I was a teenager uh, so I took to it but I took to it straight away you know I understand entry speed exit speed apexes all that you know I kind of I knew the, the lines to take and all that kind of stuff so I was like oh yeah and I was overtaking a few people as I went so I was like I appear to be doing well um, there was enough of us in this as well to do Grand Prix so they actually tracked for a second and third Apparently, if you don't arrive with enough people, they just track your lap times. They don't track uh, how many laps you've done and what place you're in or anything like that. So I was, I was going around the track. Now, if it was it was raining. I will say that the track was drowned. So uh, a few of us had spun out. I think I think everybody spun at least once, or at least that's what it felt like, because it was under braking. It wasn't the accelerator. It was under braking. They're like Formula One brakes, essentially. There's no ABS. You kind of have to judge and, and try to avoid locking up, because when you lock up, it's the back brakes, as far as I know, because the arse of the cart just goes spinning. Beyond that, just being a bit careful in the wet, I was absolutely flooring it, lads. The wheels barely touched the ground. I was flat out. Like, uh, what happened was, I was a little apprehensive at the start, but then I spun out going into one of the hairpins really fast, and the car didn't slide all that far. Like, I didn't even make it to the edge of the track, so I was like, oh, so you can actually just go flat out into these corners, and if you lose control, you'll be fine. So I just threw caution to the wind and I just went into the bends like an absolute lunatic. <laughs> absolutely no self-preservation in me whatsoever. Just absolutely fucked it into the bend. And uh, I, I continued to do that. Now I spun out a few times, but again, I wasn't the only one, so I wasn't too worried. But I started to notice something. Down the straights, I, I kept getting overtaken by people. And it was really irritating because I was just like, okay, clearly my exit out of that last bend isn't great. I need to work on that. And... You know, in the whole event, you, you do about 30, close to 40 laps because you get there's a half an hour on the track, something like that. But you you do a lot of laps, you know, and it's less than a minute really to get around a, in a lap. So you do a lot of laps. So you have time to adjust and try different lines and all that. And whatever I was doing, I could not get the exit speed that these people were getting. Like halfway down the straight, the lads were just sailing past me, not bothered them. And then um, uh, the laps towards the end I was doing. Like I didn't know where I was on the standings you just kind of have to you come in at the end and they tell you where you came and how you what lap times you were getting and all that but um i spun out at one stage and i ended up getting beached on the curb it was actually the, the bend i was trying to get the exit speed out of i was trying to get the tightest line um and i went a bit too tight and i ended up spinning out and mounting the, the inside curb so i ended up getting beached on that and i was sitting there sitting there for a while maybe about i say about a minute before they came out to me and, and un- unbeached me well, at least that's what it felt like anyway. 
And uh, but I got I got back to it again anyway. Anyway, the race ended. Went in, got out of her overalls and all went back into the front desk and this is where they hand you out your timesheet and what place he came in and all that, you know, so you can see how well you did it. And uh, they called my name anyway and sure, like, you know, I was a little... I was a little smug, a little confident. I kind of strutted up to the counter because I knew I was definitely got in a few good laps there now. So I, de- I knew I didn't come towards the back, you know. I remember overtaking a few people and what have you. And um, me one handed me my sheet and handed me a lollipop. And I was like, oh, I must have done really well. I won a lollipop. I looked at her. I was like, what place did you get the lollipop for? And she goes, last. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, last. Sorry, you came last. So we give this so people don't feel bad. And I was like, that's not right. That's something coming to be right. I was looking at the timesheet and um, not only was I about a second and a half slower than everybody else per lap, I was mounted on the curb for so long. I was, by the end of the race, I was down about three laps behind everyone else. I was been lapped three times. I was the Nicholas Latifi of this, of this carton day. <laughs> I was the Nikita Mazespin. That's, that's who I was at the back of the pack. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, my ego immediately shattered. I was like, no. I was, but you know, I was able to laugh about it because I was just like, ah, shite. I just found it hilarious myself about how confident I was that I wasn't going to come last. And I came last by some margin. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't even by an off. I'd just taken this bend a little better. I could have gotten somewhere. No, it wouldn't have mattered how well, well I took a bend. I would have come stone dead last. <laughs> So I was actually beached on that curb for a bit longer than I thought, but then I was also losing, um, I was losing about a second or two every lap compared to everyone else. And uh, I have two theories, two theories on that. One theory was, right, so when you start there, they give you like a, a couple of outlaps before you have to line up in grid formation. And what they do is they put you into the carts and then you have to do a couple of outlaps and then you come back in. And then they decide what cart you go in. So you don't just stay in the same cart you got into. So I'm just like, okay, well, there's only one reason why they'd actually juggle people like that and not just keep them in the cart that they were already in. Because they want you to get back into the the cart the second time around in a very specific order, like they call you out. So I'm just like, okay, maybe this is just like um, like a, a balancing thing. Maybe they're just like, okay, what we'll do is we get, we'll see how fast they go on the outlap. And then we'll put the faster drivers in the slower carts. Because obviously these carts... They should be all the same power, but obviously there are, there are certain cars are going to be faster than others, depending on the condition of the engine and what have you. You know, this, there's going to be slow cars, there's going to be fast cars. So I'm, I'm just like, okay, maybe they got the fast drivers and put them in the slow carts and then got the slow drivers and put them in the faster carts to kind of keep the, the field a bit more even, you know, a bit more closer racing. Uh, that's the only reason I think they did that. And uh, the problem is on my outlap, I put the foot down. I, I went hell for leather on the, on the outlap because I wanted to test the grip. Uh, in the wet so I was basically throwing it into the bend and I was like in my head maybe I went too fast on my outlap and they're like this one is really fast give him a slow slow cart and they gave me a ridiculously slow cart and for the rest of the race then I just simply couldn't compete while everybody while the, the slow drivers eventually got the confidence going to bends faster and faster I was never going to go any faster you know I was just stuck at a one constant speed that's theory number one which is very possible I've, I explained that very convincingly I'm sure but theory number two I'm too fat which is very hurtful, a very hurtful thing for me to say. <laughs> but I have put on a bit of weight over like, you know, COVID and uh, and all that. And um, I'm not too far off of what I was at my heaviest. So, you know, the video I did about uh, losing weight a while back. Some of you might remember that. Um, I'm not quite at that heavy weight again, but I'm close to it. Now, I will say this carton took place months back. Um, it was about a, about a month after my last podcast. So about four months ago. So I was like, maybe I'm too fat and the cart simply doesn't have the power 
to to move me, you know? And that's why I was losing seconds every lap because I'm just, you know, the, there's more kilos in my cart than there is in everyone else's, which, you know, it's it's plausible. Oh, that's about what I'd be losing every lap as well. Could be a combination of the two. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a wake-up call. So uh, I said, right, if it is, I just got a slow cart. Nothing I can do about that. Just have to live with that and, and you know, go back next time and compare me times if it's still raining the next time and we'll, I'll decide that. What I am going to do in the meantime is uh, I'm going to use this as a wake-up call and just lose a lot of weight quickly. <laughs> because um if we we will be doing this again and uh this time i'm going to show up in a racing form you know i'm going to i'm going to meet the way in i'm going to be at my peak athletic physique if you will and uh that that's the plan that's the plan so um i've uh i've gone from like nearly being at my back to my heaviest to being halfway between my heaviest and lightest over the, over the last four months i've dropped i've dropped about 10 or 15 kilos just in those four months because of that character race. <laughs> so we've yet to go back. I still have a bit to go, so I'm going to lose a load more. And this is going to be like in a video game. This is like stage one and stage two weight reduction I'm doing to the cart. <laughs> so we'll see how we get on. But um, yeah, coming dead last. So I'm going to have to remember that. Maybe if you if you know somebody in um, Watergrass Hill, because I know a few Irish people listen to this. You know somebody in Watergrass Hill or Adventure Park, the carton, asked them, do they put faster people in the slower carts at the beginning? I need, I need that confirmed or denied. You know, if you know somebody or you work there yourself, now, I need that confirmed or denied. And then I'm going to expose you in a YouTube video and make loads of money. <laughs> I'm going to expose your shady organisation. But uh, no, no, I, I, I assume that's probably what they do to make loads of racing. But, you know, that's just a theory. A game theory. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but uh, yeah, that's 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 my run theory. So let me know that. But yeah, if you haven't gone carton, uh, lads, I highly recommend it. And the one blowing the the Watergrass Hill Adventure Park one, not a sponsor, but uh, we we had a great laugh down there. It's also the track they use for I think it's the Irish Drift Championship as well. They use that track for the old drifters, so it is it is coming a, becoming a staple track, you know. So, uh, but it's a great laugh on it. The first bend, like you, the first bend in the wet, it was one of one of these bends that like. If a dry line had formed, you could do it flat, but like in the wet, you couldn't. You had to lift, so it was just balancing it, and you're kind of half sliding going around the bend and everything. Just real fun. The only downside to it, like doing it in the rain, was just the visor kept fogging up, so I had to leave the visor open, a slight crack. So I was just getting this laser flat line of cold air directly into the eyeballs, or I couldn't see. That was my options. Um, so hold on here now, and I check my podcast notes. The STIs, yes, the STIs, the supporter tailored inquiries. That's something I need to do. I genuinely almost forgot. <laughs> Wouldn't mind. I did the post the other day on like Patreon and all that. And, uh, you know, you think it'd be fresh in my head, but no. So we're going to take a look at some supporter tailored inquiries or um, questions from the channel supporters in simple terms and see what they have to say. If you want to become a channel supporter, um, you can do that on Patreon for a quid. I, I offer a one euro tier just because not everybody is rolling in dosh and some people want to get videos early or give uh, inquiries to the podcast. So that's also offer that. So does you get in the bulk there? You don't get your name and lights at the end of the video, but um, you do get early video. The, the video is earlier, so you know. Let me have a read. So I'll just do a quick handful of these now because um, I can't get them all. Just, just there's a lot. Um, so got one here from Matthew. It says hi, Ducky. Been following you for a while. Love your stuff. Uh, would like to say more, but it's not a Tuesday, so I can't. Oh, that's a shame. I want you to say more. <laughs> I like a lass at the office I work at, but I don't know how to interact without looking desperate. I'm guessing desperate. Um, desperate. 
<laughs> I'm desperate. <laughs> uh, or make things awkward. Any advice how to make a first full conversation? Thanks. Um, my advice for dating a woman that you work with is don't. They always end terribly. And if they don't, they're still going to end terribly. I worked with a couple before. Um, I worked, I worked in a deli. You know, YouTube has made me very aware of how many jobs I've had over the years compared to most people. Like most people start a job and they're in it for like 10 years. I, I was, I've been through about seven or eight different jobs, I think, in my life. But, um, yeah, I was working in this deli and it was this couple. And apparently, if, I, I didn't understand the full backstory because they were a couple by the time I arrived there already. But, um, they'd gotten together because the two worked in the same place. And they used to absolutely kill each other day in, day out at work, always arguing. Like, and it's just a simple fact because, that was a relationship that worked. Most of them don't work out. Like when you get with a girl you work with, work for a few months and then it'll all go, uh, it'll all go up in flames and then you're still working with them. So it's really awkward and it never works out. So that's, that's why you shouldn't do that. But if it does work, like it did with this couple's case where they were still together and they were together for a few years at this stage, you can't get away from them. You don't have your, t- like at least, yeah, when you're at work, you're at work. It's not a pleasant place to be, but you're away from your partner and that, that gives you the mental break from not having to, you know, because it doesn't matter how much you love somebody, it, it's draining to spend an extended period of time with anyone. That's why when couples go away on holidays, they don't talk to each other for several years after they get back, you know, because they've spent an entire week just constantly talking to each other. But they just, they just hated each other because they couldn't get away from each other. They didn't have a moment's peace from each other. So uh, my advice would be don't. If you're going to do it anyway, which you definitely are because you've already decided this um, even if you don't know it, just talk to her normally, have a conversation, start chatting to her just like she's an ordinary co-worker, small talk, whatever, and then work your way into romance. You know, people are afraid of the friend zone, but you kind of need to start friendly and in a non-intimidating way. And then later you can maybe flirt with the idea, pardon the pun, flirt with the idea of making the conversation a bit more raunchy maybe and uh, see how she responds to that. But you just kind of have to go by feel. But go go friend first and then see if she's uh, open to the idea of transitioning on. Uh, because if not, then, you know, it's a blip. You don't want to approach her there and say, Err, come here to me. I'd like to look at you if you're in, in my bedroom with your thong around your ankles. Um, And then she says no, and then that's all the interaction you've ever had. At least if you can go friends first and then try to transition in that, it's not going to be such a footnote if she doesn't go for it. But uh, yeah. Desmond just says, about time, Ducky, you were slacking there. So he's referencing about how long uh, it's been since a po- uh, since I published a podcast. Just it's nice, it's refreshing. When I first uh, started making podcasts, one of my biggest fears was that they wouldn't be entertaining because like all the content people had known from me up until that point was very curated, like scripted. I can put in jokes, I can change things. And then when I'm when I'm editing the video, recording the video, I can try that line again, but make it funnier, change my inflection. You know, they're all very produced, my main videos. And that's just, that's just the format they have to be, to be as entertaining. So I had a fear that like, you know, these podcasts are a lot more free flowing, less planned. There's more of the authentic me in the podcast than there is in the videos because uh, I'm not as clever or quick witted as I'd like to portray myself in videos when I'm having conversations with people. It's very easy to be funny when you can write it all down. So the podcasts are more me so i was worried that like people who were so used to the really good funny fast moving videos that when they come over to the podcast they'd be like this guy's not nearly as funny or entertaining as i thought he'd be you know i had that in the back of my head because i'm not in a podcast nobody can be unless you're like the best improv comic in the world or something like that but i get just as many people asking me when's the next podcast coming out as i do have people asking me when's the next video coming out 
which is nice. It's nice to know that these podcasts actually have, you know, it's people are not just saying, you go, Ducky, you're the greatest. We're only saying this because we like you, but your content's actually crap. Um, you know, it's not people that are saying that, but there are people like, no, enjoy your podcast. When's the next one? Give it to me now or else I will pet your dog better than you did. And then they'll come to me for pets and you'll feel like you've been abandoned by your own dog. And you're like, you sick individual. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's nice to know that these podcasts are loved. Um, despite my uh, my fears in the early days. Um, Angel says, how do you make a proper cup of tea? Um, the normal way, you know, tea bag into the cup, boiling water, stir the Lord living shite out of it till it's more powerful than, than any cup of tea anybody's ever had. And then uh, a, a bit of milk. You know, I'm normally a coffee drinker. But what I found funny was, like, because I'm a coffee drinker, people don't expect me to make a good cup of tea. But, like, you know, it's just the Irish blood in me. And was one thing I discovered about a good cup of tea. Anytime I've ever made somebody a cup of tea, and I've always made it stronger. Like, I typically have a stronger, have a heavier hand with a tea bag. I use and abuse that tea bag. I knock it around the cup. Like, no no prisoners taken. And um, so it puts in, when I'm making it for somebody else, it puts in strong cup of tea and then a good drop of milk. And every single time, people are like, geez, that's a good cup of tea, lad. That's a good cup of tea. They all, they all say the same thing. And it's just, it's got loads of milk and loads of tea in it. That's that's how you make a good cup of tea. Just make sure it has lots of tea and lots of milk. Um, but for myself now, I'm not, you know, milk is, doesn't matter if I have milk or not. But I, I prefer a cup of coffee now myself. One here from Adam says, Hey Ducky, I would like to be a full-time YouTuber, but I worry about my family. Might I'm worried about what my family might think of me. How does your family feel about uh, you being a YouTuber full-time? Do they even give a quack? Everybody wants to be. I was reading this thing the other day that apparently like 30% of children in schools uh, want to be YouTubers, which has like surpassed astronauts. Because you know the way when you're a kid, I want to be an astronaut or a fireman or whatever else. Um, YouTuber has overtaken that. Um, and you know, the thing is, people are surprised by that. I'm not. Of course you want to be a YouTuber. It's it's, a, it's an appeal in life on the surface of it. Like, you know, but um, no, the thing about being a, a YouTuber full time is everybody will judge you. Um, when you're trying to become a full-time YouTuber, maybe not so much from friends or that, but like you'll get acquaintances and extended family and stuff like that. You get this kind of like, so you're making videos. That's not going to work, you loser. What are you doing? Well, you're wasting your time. You know, they kind of look at you like you've just told them that you're planning on being on the dole for the rest of your life. You know, you kind of get that, where are you going with your notions? That kind of mentality. Look, and everyone has that uh, up until it works. And then once you make it, their tone completely shifts. Like, I was talking to somebody at a wedding before. You know, just chit-chatting, stranger, somebody I didn't know at all. And they asked me, just like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I have a YouTube channel. I, I run a YouTube channel. I make videos. And their attitude straight away was so dismissive. It was just like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so what do you do? Like, video games, is it? And all that, like, the, the vibes and the, the kind of dismissive nature they had straight away. I knew full well that they didn't realize that I had, like, an established proper channel. They They just thought I was just some lad who uploaded me playing Call of Duty clips or whatever else and I'd five subscribers you know that's kind of the first thought that popped into their head and to be fair that's the first thought that pops into my head as well to this day even when people ask me or people tell me they're a YouTuber because when you're becoming a YouTuber you get excited about the prospect and you start making videos and you're just like I just want to tell people I'm a YouTuber so they're jealous you know you have all that in the early days of it so that was uh, this guy's attitude and um, so he's like how long are you at it and I was like oh, six seven years he's like all right how many subscribers are you on it was just like 160,000. And like immediately the face change went, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm doing full time. Like it's my job. And he's like, oh, oh, like you're an actual YouTuber. <laughs> like, you know, it just became like, oh, no, wait, no, you're actually, 
you have a career now. This this is no longer some ridiculous pipe dream. You've actually done the thing. And it goes it goes from like, uh, go away, you feckin' idiot, to this is actually somebody who I need to take note of, you know? <laughs> and it was just so funny seeing the switch go off in their head. And um, this person was actually aware of my channel, which was even funnier. Because they were like, oh, what's your channel? And I was like, yeah, yeah, Sergeant Ducky. And they're like, the Irish lad, the green duck like. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And they're like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, that's straight. So I went from this scum of the earth, soul-sucking lump on the end of somebody's shoe to like, oh shit, this is a Z-list Irish celebrity I'm talking to. <laughs> but, um, and that's happened more than once. That's happened so many times now that I can actually see all the cogs turning. So it's just funny. But that that's, you're, you're going to get ridiculed until it works. But like, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm, there's, there's an old saying and I can't, recall it because my memory for these things is awful but it's like everybody seems um every, everybody's considered mental until the thing they're doing actually works the original caffeinator says one of the biggest reasons i enjoy your podcasts and videos is because i find your accent enjoyable to listen to uh whether it's a naughty word-filled rant or a laid-back musing are there any accents you yourself find enjoyable to listen to um, I get that every now and again. For me, like when I perceive my own accent as a big dirty Irish, big old farmer accent there, go away there, come in there now, go out there and come in here, and run in there and get that kettle and orange. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of feel, that's how I perceive my own accent. Uh, now, you know, culture as the Dublins would say, but uh, that's how I perceive my accent. But a lot of people seem to enjoy it. I don't know. I think as far as accents go, like Irish accents, I think my accent is fairly neutral. I think that's just because there's a little bit of a Dublin accent and a little bit of Cork accent, and it's kind of a, it's got a little bit of everything. It's a licorice all sorts of accents, so it's somehow remained reasonably neutral for, um, you know, an Irish accent where I'm I've, I have a clear accent, but it's it's easily understood uh, for the most part. Um, that's probably why I've got so many like American viewers and um, like Australian viewers and all that. Uh, it's because my accent's not so strong that it's hard to understand because there are some Irish accents that are really difficult to, to understand. I remember we, we, me and a friend of mine, it was me and Tony, we went up to Belfast once. No, it was Donegal. And he was buying a car. So your man arrived on with the car and I was kind of, he arrived on with another guy. So these two Northern Ireland lads and they got out anyway and Tony was talking to the owner of the car about the car, looking around it and all that. And I was making small talk with your man's friend and I'm an Irishman. And I couldn't understand a word that was coming out of this man's mouth. I was baffled. Like I was only trying, I was trying to use like conversational cues to reply to him because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get a word. All I heard was he'd be talking to me and I, like one or two words will sing through like, car, windshield, and I'm like, oh, no, no, that was a question. What do I do? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm standing there like, because I said what a few times to him, but then I was, I'd said it so many times that I'm like, I'm actually going to make him angry if I say what again. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Yeah, so like even Irish people are not immune to certain accents, like, you know, especially these lads are such a strong accent. Um, Connie got trip, gets tripped up with him as well. We were in um, Belfast, we were doing that um, Game of Thrones tour a few years back and um, we were in a shop and we were buying a few things and we won offered Connie a bag. She's like, do you want a bag? Like, And uh, Connie was like, oh, yeah, yeah, a bag. Now, this is the day I realised Connie actually struggles badly with, like, accents um, that are anyway strange because me one goes, 5p or 20p? And Connie's like, what? 5p or 20p? Sorry, sorry, I didn't catch that. 5p or 20p? And, like, uh, Connie's like, sorry, sorry. And I had to step in. I was like, she's saying 5p or 20p. Would you want a 5p bag or a 20p bag? And she was like, oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was just for me like even like I, I can struggle with the Nord accent but I heard that clear as day but Connie just heard noise <laughs> she didn't know so that was I just found that hilarious but like more than one occasion over the 10 or 11 years we've been together um, she struggled with an accent really badly she just doesn't have an ear for it like but uh, yeah but to answer your question dear the original half an hour are there any accents myself I find enjoyable listening to yes the Scottish accents um, see, I only know this through the lens of women, because, you know, the male blood in me just hears a certain accent attached to a face, and you're like, oh, that's really nice. So, like, um, the Scottish accent on a, on a on a lovely lady is very nice to listen to. You know, you could bottle it and just give that to me, and I'd, I'd sit there and listen to it all day. It's lovely. Um, the Southern drawl, Southern American drawl on a woman, you know, that kind of, like, uh, Daisy Duke, Cindy from, like, Final Fantasy fifteen or... For those of you watching that Loki series, the one that plays the, the clock in that, I've forgotten its name, but that's Southern American drawl. You know, they kind of like, like it's really attractive on the women, but then it kind of, it lends an atmosphere of they're going to cook you up an absolutely unreal dinner. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, they'd look after you. A woman with that accent would look after you. She'd make sure you're, you're fed and your, your sack is empty. <laughs> she'd take care and she'd, she'd give you a hand around the farm and stuff like that as well. Like, you know, a good solid woman. <laughs> so um, those are two accents I enjoy is there any other accent I enjoy suppose now Latino woman going mental you know there's, there's a little bit of that you know and they're, they're going off in one giving out about something like uh, that's why I couldn't have like a Latino girlfriend because she'd be giving me guff over something I'd done in the house and she'd be absolutely going off in one and I'd be sitting there looking at her there with the hands and the mouth Latino accent going off and I'd be just like ah isn't that lovely <laughs> wouldn't be able to take her serious at all um, beyond that though I don't think there is any other accent that jumps out in my mind I suppose the Russian accent as well actually because uh, the one thing I like about the Russian accent on women is it was just so dismissive <laughs> everything they say there's like no enthusiasm behind it maybe it's just how they speak English that, that kind of broken English lens to it but I can't help but feel you'd be giving them an absolute railing like you can be giving them the, the 27 seconds of total ferocious rotten that you think they deserve and like it could be the most ferocious rotten you've ever given and you'd be like Are you enjoying that and they'd be like yes it's good <laughs> you know, you'd just get that. <laughs> just, <laughs> don't know why, but that just appeals to me. Maybe it's just the kind of hilarity that would go along with it, but or the, the fact that here's a woman that can't be satisfied, or at least sounds like she can't be satisfied. But yeah, um, we'll jump over to YouTube. Those are the Patreon questions that I want to answer. Now, this podcast is running a bit long. Not that I'm too upset by it, seeing as I've served you for a podcast for months now, so you're getting a bit of a longer one. But um, I also don't want to spend all day editing this thing down, so we'll uh, we'll power through. So over on YouTube, The Late Gamer says, just moved into my first apartment and moving into a city as a fellow man of the uh, the country. Any advice in terms of city living that you found useful when you were living there? Um, No, I hated living in the city. I thought I'd get on grand. I was confident I'd be fine. You know, I'm like, ah, I see living shirts. How's that any different to the country? But I'm not even from the country. I'm from small towns. But the constant noise just overwhelmed me to a, a little degree. Like, there was, there was no peace and quiet. You couldn't get away from anything. Especially because my apartment was right. Uh, it was like, for any of you know Cork, uh, the Cork City, it was like next to Havana's essentially. So, uh, there was constant noise going on around. It just there wasn't one moment of peace. And I just didn't think I'd be a little bit of... I didn't think I'd be a little bitch about it, but I, apparently I was. It's just... Yeah, no. They just gave me anxiety. They just had all that noise. Actually, no, I do have a bit of good advice. Wear, wear headphones when you're walking to the shop and walking back from the shop. Um, because in, in cities, they're littered with uh, the old charity chuggers. 
and they will just absolutely dogpile you. If you're out there raw dogging the earth there with no headphones on, if you put in headphones, you can just act like you don't see them or hear them and you can just ghost them, just walk clean past them and uh, not acknowledge them and you don't have to be dealing with, no, sorry, I'm already supporting a charity. Leave me alone. Stop trying to guilt me into this. So, yeah, that, that'd be my solid advice. Wear headphones when you're going from place point A to point B. Um, I suppose it'd be grand in like cities as well to have like rougher areas so you don't have to interact with like scoby joes that might be shouting abuse or something at you then like you know so you don't even have to acknowledge it could come in handy for that as well a nameless ghoul says first off props on your basic guitar skills many thanks lad and do you ever consider or did you ever consider to join a band back in the day no i didn't no um see the thing with my guitar skills is they're actually crap i i can just uh i can attempt a song repeatedly and and just use the the bit that works, <laughs> you know, because uh, I, I often mess up uh, when I'm playing the guitar. So the thing with the guitar is I got the guitar when I was 14 or something like that after pestering my, my poor mother for years that I wanted the guitar, you know, which are quite expensive for somebody who's like living um, paycheck to paycheck on the dole raising three kids. Like it's, it's a big ask for Christmas, but obviously I was at an age where I, I didn't know the Santa problem when I first started asking for a guitar. So it was a few years before I actually got a guitar. I was about 14, I think, and, and she eventually got me one for Christmas. And I, I attempted to play it for a while and uh, I couldn't take to it. I was just, I couldn't figure it out. It was driving me mad. It, was, it wasn't easy. That was my problem. It's like, I got this guitar and it's not easy to play. I have to learn this and I have no patience. So I kind of stopped playing it for not long after that, um, before I even really learned how to play a chord rat like that. I'm going to give up on it. And um, when I always meant to go back and actually learn, you know, it's one of these things is I keep meaning to actually learn the guitar and uh, get back to it so my guitar my my cheap encore guitar that like i've literally drawn the guitar the stickers don't match my real guitar but the make of the guitar it's the exact same it's just cheap as chips encore guitar uh, is is my guitar and uh yeah so i didn't play for a while and then when i broke up with my my ex um margot robbie from from the videos there and um, when i broke up with her like any breakup i was kind of a, in a ball of depression angry at the world and all that and um needed a a year of uh, sobriety, a year of being single to kind of get over that. And in order to get over the worst of it, to kind of keep out of my own head and stop, so I'm not just mulling over the same inf- information day in, day out while these wounds were exposed, I needed to distract myself. Um, so what I did was, that's when I decided, it's like, hey, I've been putting this off for years, I'm going to take back up the guitar and learn that. So that's what I did. I spent about uh, six months going from not being able to play, play the guitar to actually being able to play a few songs. And that helped distracted me, uh, you know, proactively get over my uh, my breakup and move on in my life. Um, so that worked as a distraction. And then uh, I play it sporadically every now and again, just strumming it. But I'm, I am far from, I'm not good enough. I have about six months of good guitar and maybe a year at most collectively under my belt. So good enough to play a few songs. Doesn't take me too long to learn a song, but I wouldn't be able to play it flawlessly repeatedly. And uh, I, I play even worse when people are paying attention. <laughs> You know, we're having a few drinks over and somebody's like, oh, the guitar, can I have a go? Oh, what, what songs can you play? And you're like, I play this one. And then you're just terrible. You make a joke yourself. But yeah, no, I haven't considered joining a band. I just like to strum. It's great for like when I'm writing and um, I need to ponder on how I'm going to make a joke work or something like that. I can just pick it up, lean it back in my chair and just start strumming random stuff while I'm just thinking. Um, so it's good for that. But yeah, look, that's that's long enough. That's that's enough questions answered now. This podcast has gone on very long for a solo podcast. It's very unlike me at all. Um, but yeah, I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in and uh, I, ho- I hope I helped you pass your time. I hope if you're sitting there relaxing with your head pointed at the ceiling, daydreaming, I hope the time went very slowly for you and you got to relax for what felt like a very long time. 
or if you're trapped at work or studying or anything else, I hope the time went by quickly for you. But anyway, I'm going to love you and leave you and head off. And I'll catch you lads and ladies in the next one.